at this point in Lent, Jesus is still with us, deep in his ministry, but preparing the disciples for the road ahead. This Sunday, Palm Sunday, Christ will enter Jerusalem as together we begin the final journey to the cross. The light is still with us, but the sun is setting. Night draws nearer and nearer. When Jesus tells the crowd, walk while you have the light, so that the darkness may not overtake you, he is not telling us, because of me, there will no longer be darkness. Instead, we are given the opportunity to learn from Christ's light and to help carry it, knowing that darkness is as light to God. We are seen by God in every moment of life that we enter into. In Christ, God promises that we will not be overwhelmed by the dark, but that instead, God will be with us. We are charged as children of the light to help one another to see God's presence. There's long been a fear of the dark in humans, representing the unknown and unseeable in our world. But we know that from the Genesis creation text that God created both the light and the dark and separated them from one another, claiming this creation as good. Barbara Brown Taylor writes in her book, Learning to Walk in the Dark, I cannot remember the last time I heard anyone use dark to describe something good. In the full light of day, darkness becomes the most convenient place for them to store all their shadows, their fear of the unknown, their anxiety about the future, their loathing of their own helplessness, their bottomless dread of death. But I form light and create darkness, God says. The way most people talk about darkness you would think that it came from a whole different deity, but no. To be human is to live by sunlight and moonlight, with anxiety and delight, admitting limits and transcending them, falling down and rising up. To want a life with only half of those things in it is to want half a life. We are called to explore both the light and the dark sides of creation, learning how to walk through the darknesses of life with courage and faith. Christ, too, knew the sadness and fear that can come in the night, but he also knew the peace and comfort that darkness brings and unwraps us in. Things are a bit calmer in the dark, allowing us to slow down and breathe. Jesus often goes by himself to find solitude, as we see modeled in this scripture passage. For Jesus, time alone, whether in the day or in the night, was time for prayer, rest, renewal, as well as for honesty with God. The dark solitude that is to come in the Garden of Gethsemane shows Jesus in his humanity crying out to God in the darkness for comfort. And yet, it is also the light of a star that guides the very first believers to Jesus' side in the manger. Darkness can make way for honest spaces, and it allows for the light to shine bright in its midst. When we are living in the dark moments of life, we must remember that dark is not separated from God. 
we are promised that in Christ, the dark will not overtake us. We need this reminder, particularly in these difficult days in the world. When we are surrounded by violence, division, and racism, and 16 people have been killed in the last week because of gun violence, we look to the world and wonder, where is the light? Where is the good? This world feels paradoxical at times. We can simultaneously be joyful for spring and eagerly awaiting new freedoms that come with the vaccination and also be acutely aware of the pain and grief in our world from continued issues that at times feel insurmountable. But emotions are not binary. Joy and pain, suffering and hope can all exist in the same moment. While we do not want to, as Barbara Brown Taylor writes, live half a life, we also must not accept the sins of this world as being simply an inevitable part of being human. Rather, we are called to live in Christ's light and to learn from both the light and the shadow sides of life how we can better love and serve one another. Jesus, as the light of the world, came and called out the systems of injustice that he witnessed. This calling out, he reminds us, is not to judge the world, but to save it. In recognizing the suffering that our siblings are going through, we are then called to confess our faith and to offer both hope and action for the world to come. In response to Jesus' teachings, though, many who believed Jesus did not confess it. They were worried they wouldn't be allowed in the synagogue, and they loved human glory more than the glory that comes from God. Too often, we can fall into the same trap. We want to align our, with our loved ones and our beliefs, and often it is uncomfortable to acknowledge the wrongdoings that we witness in this world. It is a place of privilege to be able to ignore in daily life the suffering and pain of others. Some of this may be because we are too busy or too tired. Some perhaps because we feel like we're behind in our knowledge. Some of this is because we would just rather live comfortably. And some of our lack of acknowledgement of the world's sin is because of fear. Fear of how others will respond and fear of how our lives might change if we paid attention to the suffering in our midst. What are we afraid to profess about our faith and about how we should live in the world because of fear of others' opinions? Christ calls us to be lights in the world, following his own light. Jesus' light looks like dining with sinners, healing the sick, listening with compassion, challenging the status quo, and loving without fear. Christ comes so that we do not have to remain in the darkness. Perhaps this is the reminder we need to have courage in the face of dark times. 
where we feel we cannot see what the world is bearing for us. We live as children of God, filled with all the complexities of this world, joy and suffering, wonder and fear, sunlight and moonlight. When we are called to be children of the light, we are meant to show God's light and love to others. Then, in even the very darkest of places, that light of God is still visible, and quite possibly even more noticeable than it was when it was surrounded by all the brightness of day. Bob Ross said, put light against light, you have nothing. Put dark against dark, you have nothing. It's the contrast of light and dark that each gives the other one meaning. In life, as in painting, we experience the full range of light and dark. This gives our lives texture and meaning, and it allows us to live more empathetically and communally when we begin to understand one another's experiences. In this Lenten season, we remember Christ, the light of the world, on his own journey towards darkness. He, too, has to be reminded in the depths of the night that he has not been forsaken. God is with Christ in the garden and on the cross, and God is with us in all our darkest times. The Easter story shows us that the light of Christ cannot be put out, no matter the efforts of human failure. There will always be light, even when it comes to us in unexpected ways. Our journey, then, is to venture into the darkness of Lent with Christ, exploring what it truly means to carry light into a broken world. God created both the light and the dark and teaches us from both. Friends, the light is with us a little bit longer, so let us walk with it. In walking with Christ and professing what we believe, we carry the light forward into the night. And we trust that after every sunset comes a new day, a tiny glimpse of the resurrection and of the new life that is promised to us.